0: Hey, welcome, everyone. Um, I originally wanted to name this sermon Panic at the Disco, but I couldn't get it to work in my head. Instead, what I realized is, to kind of recap the last week, this point last week I was, or a little bit earlier in the middle of the week, I was headed to Columbia. Um, I was excited. Uh, This was a family wedding. It was for a young man um, who is very much like a brother to me, who is a brother to me, and I was super excited. So when I first landed in JFK, Uh, in New York, I expected a nostalgic moment. See, for me, JFK is really, really important, Um, not just because our second daughter's named Kennedy, but because when I came to America, it was September 1992, I was nine years old, and I came by myself and I landed in JFK. So I expected this you know, wave of nostalgia. That's the feeling I prepared for, that's the feeling I wanted. Um, and, and when I got there, I was calling, you know, I wanted to check in with my New York people, because I knew we were in central Pennsylvania where it's safe, and I wanted to see how they were doing. And you know, then I started getting texts from the New York people, um, basically saying, what are you doing? Why are you leaving the country? Do you know what's happening? Do you know like, you might not be allowed in? And instead of a feeling of nostalgia, I felt the panic start to rise within me. Um, I stopped talking to those people, hi Jason, and I got on the plane and I flew to Colombia again, expecting to get peace and sleep and rest, really looking forward to it, while on the plane, I get text messages. And again, the panic starts rising as more and more news. The president comes out with the countries being closed. The, 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 my friends, my family are all texting me. And I feel the panic rising within me. I even had one friend in New York who offered to pay for a ticket on a flight that I would land in Bogota, Colombia, run to the next station, and get back on a flight to go back home. So needless to say, panic was rising and rising in me. I share this story because I think in this season, a lot of us are living in panic. And my goal this morning is to tell us and to kind of call us back to how do we have shalom in this season of panic? Shalom is peace. Shalom is all things being made right in God's eyes. One of the ways we have see Shalom in panic is to realize what does it mean to have peace with God? In Christ, we have peace with God. We who were far have now been brought near by his blood. We who were outsiders now have access to God the Father. In Christ, we have peace with one another. No, then this season of panic, it's a chance for us to reach out, to mend relationships, to, to fix any brokenness that's there. And Christ makes it possible because just like Jesus forgave us, we can forgive others. In Shalom, um, we have peace with creation. Jesus isn't just reconciling us to God and us to each other, but us with all of creation. You know, during this season, for those of you who like to garden, I invite you to garden. For those of you who like to make art, make art. For those of you who like to cook, cook and drop it off at my house. Um, But then shalom is also peace with self. And I think that's the challenge for some of us who are now faced with alone, who are now faced with maybe isolation, or or just this idea of waking up to a a non-routine. What does it mean to have peace with self? Well, I think having peace with God, peace with others, and peace with your world around you helps you then have peace with self. The reason we need peace and not panic is because panic is uncontrollable. Panic is paralyzing. Panic is fear dominating. Panic is anxiety dominating our minds. Panic is also a natural reaction to things outside of our control. And many of us may feel like there's a lot outside of our control. And it's a reminder, though, that yes, we panic. But panic is not shalom. And when we do panic and we feel these feelings rising uh, inside of us, what I've learned is that these can be a reminder that we need God and that's okay. If you have your Bibles, um, turn with me to Micah. I'll be reading the first eight verses of Micah. Um, Years ago, I got a chance to translate this in Hebrew. So my version is going to be definitely different from your Bible, but I like my version better. So we're going to go with that. Micah 6, starting at verse 1. Please hear what the Lord has to say. Stand up and plead my case before the mountains and let the hills hear your voice. Hear you, O mountains, the Lord's case. Listen, you enduring foundations of the earth. For the Lord God has a case against his people. He will be proven right before Israel. O my people, what have I done to you? How Have I grieved or offended you? Please testify against me. For I brought you out of the land of Egypt and from the house of slavery. I ransomed you and I sent you Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. O my people, please remember what Balak the destroyer, king of Moab, plotted against you, and how Balaam, son of Beor, answered him. Remember your journey from Shittim to Gilgal, that you may know the righteous acts of the Lord God. With what shall I come before the Lord God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings? Shall I come before him with calves a year old? Will the Lord God be pleased with thousands of rams or ten thousand rivers of oil? Shall I give up my firstborn for my rebellion? Shall I give up the fruit of my body for the sin of my entire being? He has made known to you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? But to do justice, to love mercy, and to walk in shalom humbly with your God. Let's pray together. I our Father God, in this season of panic, give us shalom. Help us to remember peace with you. Help us to work for peace with each other. Help us to work in peace with creation and help us to find peace in you so that we can have peace with ourselves. In the season of panic, help us to also give shalom to the world around us by doing your justice, by loving your mercy and walking in peace and shalom with you. Amen. The background of this uh, Micah chapter is Israel has been split into two. Because of the sin of Solomon, yes, but also because of the sin of the people, rebellion of turning away from God, the United Kingdom of Israel now has two kingdoms. The northern kingdom were the 10 tribes who rejected Rehoboam, which was the son of Solomon, and the southern kingdom was Judah, um, and eventually Benjamin joined in. Micah is a contemporary of Isaiah. One of the, the mistakes we make in scripture is Isaiah has a lot of verses and a lot of chapters, so we call him a major prophet. And Micah doesn't have as many, so we call him a minor prophet. But but I think both are equally important. And Micah comes from, uh, he's a contemporary of Isaiah, but he comes from a small village called Moresheth. It's a small, rustic village. And what's fascinating to me about uh, Micah is I like him because he reminds me of being from Harrisburg and having a loud voice. I see myself in him, you know, and some of you might too Um, see yourselves in Micah. But he comes from this small village, but he feels empowered by God to be God's voice to the people. And, and, and this is important because what Micah does is he makes a series of allegations and warnings against Israel. He even paints a scene where God comes like Sinai. And if you remember Sinai, when God comes, he came to give them the Ten Commandments. He came to give them reassurance that these are my people, I will be with you. Except when Micah comes now, he says, no, 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 no. When God comes now, it'll be in judgment. And the reason God is in judgment is because the leaders of the people are basically... Submitting to the rich. They're taking advantage of the poor. They're instituting laws that that make the rich richer and the poor poorer. Some of us might be able to relate. But then also the the spiritual leaders, the prophets, are are have grown corrupt. What they're doing is instead of fighting for the poor, fighting for the least of these, fighting to make sure everyone has access to the blessing that God's given them, these prophets were corrupt and they were actually selling their promises and God's protection to the rich. And Micah comes up as God's voice and says, you leaders, you prophets, you have violated God's law. And judgment is coming. And the whole book of Micah is this series of warnings and allegations and judgment. But always towards the end, you have sin, you have judgment, and then Micah promises God's salvation. Our chapter 6, this first eight verses, talks a little bit about that same pattern. In this story, God actually is the one putting his people on trial. God says, all of my people, listen to me. We are now going to court. And he calls the, 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 the mountains and the hills and all of nature because he says, you know, they go forever. You might only live 60, 70, 80 years, but they have been here forever. And they have seen all that you've done against me. And then God does something I think is incredible he cites his resume. God says, I am the one who led you out of Egypt. I am the one who brought you out of slavery. I am the one who gave you gifted leaders like Miriam, like Aaron, like Moses. I am the one who was with you on your journey, even though the world was trying to destroy you. I was there for you, and I'm always there for you. And then God makes this above shift, and God calls out his people in an even deeper way, because he then says, I am sick of your empty worship. I'm sick of your empty promises. I'm sick of you just faking it and not really living for me. I'm sick of you looking good on the outside and not really committing your heart to me. I'm sick of you falling short, not just because you're rebelling against me, but because you don't really love me. I'm sick of you choosing the rich over the poor. I'm sick of you choosing yourself over me. I'm sick of you choosing your kingdom and not my kingdom. And then God ends with probably Micah's most famous verse. In all the season of panic, where the people know they've sinned, they know they're going to be judged, they know the the mighty Assyrians and Babylonians are coming to take them over. In the middle of all of this, God promises one thing. If you want shalom, if you want peace, if you want peace in the season of panic, I invite you, God says, to do my justice, to love my mercy, and to walk humbly with me. Shalom in the season of panic. Our current panic pales in comparison to what they were going through. There are people about to be conquered by the most powerful nations on earth. They're about to lose their culture, They're about to lose their language. They're about to lose their land. They're about to lose their family. In fact, we think the Samaritans comes from this purge that happened because what happens in empire is we got to melt you together as one. So what the Assyrians and Babylonians would do is they would force the Israelites into marriage and then born Babylonian and Assyrian sons and daughters. So what's happening here is a panic way beyond what we're going through. Now, this doesn't mean that our panic isn't real. This doesn't mean that corona isn't something very serious. This doesn't mean that what we're going through doesn't matter. Our panic is real and it must be confronted, which is why as a church we're taking these measures, which is why as a church we're calling you to be safe, which is why as a church we're calling you to say, we may not gather together, but we're still the church in the body. How do we? So welcome back. We had a little bit of technical difficulties, but we're rookies and we're figuring this out. I want to continue and pick up on what does God require of us today. I love this Micah passage because it's a reminder to us that life is more than the panic around us. Again, the people in Micah's time had a, a, a world power that was coming to take them over. They were going to lose everything in their land and who they were. And God still calls them back to something. So panic? No. Panic? It's a reminder that yes, it's a natural reaction. But my prayer for all of us is that when we panic and we feel these feelings rise inside of us of fear and anxiety, that it pulls us to God. And it reminds us that we need God and that's okay. So what are we supposed to do in this season of panic? The first one that Micah says is do God's justice. Work to make it right. The challenge for all of us is what does that mean in our isolation? What does that mean in our quarantine? Well, I think you start off with maybe people in your circle who are struggling and in a time of need. Reach out to them and help if you can. Maybe it starts off with relationships that you've been you've been working or or hoping to mend, but you just haven't had the time. Reach out today. Maybe it goes with people who are are really really struggling that they might not be in your circle, but you can help out in some way. Use that time to do God's justice for the people around you. The second one is love God's mercy. A lot of times when we read this passage or we read this verse, we think loving God's mercy is just being grateful that God is good, being grateful that God has forgiven us, but the mercy here is hesed, the mercy here is agape, is this idea that simply God wants us to live and love like Christ. So the challenge for all of us in this isolation is how do we live and love like Christ to the people in our houses, to the people in our neighborhood, to the people in our circles? What does it mean to live and love like Christ? But then the last one is simply to walk in shalom. There's panic all around you. But if you believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins, and you believe that God has raised him from the dead, if you believe that the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, you have been reconciled with God and you have access to the Father. You have peace with God in the season of panic. But also in the season of panic, you can have peace with your world around you. Let's be like Jesus. Let's love. Let's forgive. Let's fix broken relationships. But we can also have peace with our world. And yes, you might say, I'm confined to my house. Plant something, grow something, create something, call someone, have peace with your world. And lastly, how do we have peace with ourselves? Well, I firmly believe that if we're walking in the peace that comes from Christ with God, and if we're living for the peace of others, and we're working for peace in our world around us, that God will give us a little bit more peace with ourselves for who we are. God bless you all.
1: Sing it together when peace. When peace, like a river, attendeth my way. When sorrows, like sea billows, roll. Whatever my lot, thou hast sought say, it is well, it is well with my soul, it is well with my soul. Satan should buff it, though trials should come. Let this bless the assurance control that Christ has regarded my helpless state and hath shed his own blood for my soul and it is well with my soul it is well it is well with my soul My sin, oh, the bliss of this glorious thought. My sin, not in part, but the whole is nailed to the cross, and I bear. the Lord, praise the Lord my. When the faith shall be signed The clouds be rolled back As a scroll The trumpet shall resound And the Lord shall descend Even so It is well with my soul And it is well with my soul It is well, it is well with my soul
2: Before we go, we wanted to make you aware of a few announcements. We wanted to thank you for joining us this morning via YouTube. This link is posted on our website and on the church's YouTube page. We hope to see you again next week. Wednesday nights, we will be offering an opportunity to connect by Zoom. Please check your email or our church website for the invitation. We will be using our Harrisburg BIC website for updates as well as sending out emails. Please be sure to let us know of anyone who does not have access to these means of communication. We want to keep in touch with them, too. We would like for you to connect. In this time of isolation and separation, please remember our call to be the body of Christ. We want to invite you to please find creative ways to keep connected to people in your circles and neighborhoods, people that come to mind or anyone you know that may be in need. If you can help, please help. If we can help, please let us know. Take care.
0: I was challenged this week um, to think about what does it mean to be a community? Is community simply people who come together? And a challenge for all of us um, in this season is, are we willing to be the community that serves one another? Are we willing to be the community that showers the vulnerable among us with love? So when we think about Micah, when we think about this season of panic, May we take the peace that God's given us, the peace that God lives inside of us, to be the peace for our neighbors, our friends, our family, our loved ones. May we be the ones who are a community that serves, a community that showers with love, a community that sees need and runs to meet it, a community that seeks to love the way Christ has loved us, and a community that brings peace wherever there's panic. God bless you all.
1: Let me sing one more song. Psalm twenty three. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. He goes before me, defender behind. Filled with anointing My cup's overflowing No weapon can harm me And I won't fear. Sing hallelujah Hallelujah I am not alone He's my comfort He's my comfort Always holds me close He always guides He always guides me Through mountains and valleys His joy is refreshing Restores my soul Mercy and goodness Mercy and goodness it gives me assurance That I'll see His glory face to face. Hallelujah, hallelujah, I am not alone, He's my comfort. He's my comfort, always holds me close. Your spirit is within me, so I will walk in your peace. Your spirit is within me, it's my victory, my victory. Your spirit. Within me, so I will walk in Your peace. Your Spirit lives within me. It's my victory, my victory. It's Your Spirit lives within me, so I will walk in Your peace. Your Spirit lives within me. It's my victory, it's my victory. Your Spirit lives within me. So I will walk in your deep, your spirit lives within me, it's my victory, it's my victory, it's my victory, my victory, it's my victory, my victory, my victory, it's my victory, my victory, it's my victory, my victory, my victory, my victory, my victory. it's my victory. My victory, my victory, sing hallelujah, hallelujah, I am not alone. He's my comfort, he's my comfort, always holds me close. Hallelujah, oh hallelujah, I am not alone, he's my comfort, he's my comfort, always holds me close. The Lord is. The Lord is my shepherd, he goes before me, defender behind me, and I won't fear.
0: Let's pray together. God, our shepherd, we thank you for your protection. We thank you for your provision. We thank you for always being there for us. Jesus, our King, we thank you for making us family. We thank you for drawing us close. We thank you that there's no weapon formed against us that can prosper. We thank you that there's no enemy you haven't already defeated. Holy Spirit, unite us as one in you. Weave us together, even when we are apart. Call us to prayer, call us to check in, call us to love as we think of our people, as we come to mind of each other. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to be a community that continues to serve, to be a community that showers the world and our world, the people and the people we come in contact with. Help us to shower them with your love and mercy and grace. God, help us to be a people who do your justice and make things right who love like you love, and who walk in peace and bring peace into our world. In your holy and precious name, amen.